Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back. Today we have Ralph Gutkin, or Gutkin, who has a very interesting story to tell and a very interesting uh, operation that he runs in a community called Peterborough, Ontario. Welcome, Ralph. Thank you. Good morning, Peter. So my first question, Ralph, is can you tell us a little bit about your academic career? My academic career? Um, Well, um, if you're speaking of what I did professionally, academically, um, following my legal practice. um, Oh, where where did you uh, go to school first? Oh, okay. University of Manitoba. Um, Did my three years of four-year honors program there in political studies and then did my law school in Manitoba. And how did you end up in Peterborough? Um, well, I um, uh, about five and a half years ago, I was looking at um, what I was going to do, and I didn't want to stay in Toronto. I've been in Toronto um, for a number of years, and moved to Peterborough essentially to be closer to family, in particular my mother. Um, I was at a stage in my life that I didn't have to be in Toronto anymore, and um, came to Peterborough um, just to sort of uh, contemplate retirement, although that didn't really happen. So let's talk about your work experience. You uh, graduated from the University of Manitoba, and then you moved from, uh, say, Winnipeg to Toronto? That's correct. And you started your own law firm, or were you part of another law firm? Well, when I practiced, it was in Manitoba. I articled with and became a partner in one firm and moved to a couple of other firms uh, during the time that I practiced, but I haven't practiced now since 1994, so it's been a long time since then. And when I came to Toronto, um, uh, after taking off a little time period, I um, responded to an ad to looking for somebody to teach paralegal course at a private career college, which I did, and then sort of expanded my teaching role and wrote a number of paralegal programs continued to teach um, eventually at Humber and Seneca part-time. I also did my formal training as a mediator and did some mediations um, and did some consulting work as well uh, over the years, uh, which basically takes me to um, 2012, um, the last time I taught, and I came to Peterborough, as I say, five and a half years ago. So you had quite a varied uh, career, to put it mildly. I, I did. So in Peterborough, 
you uh, started an organization called Clean Slate Enterprises. How did you come up with the name, and what does it do? So um, just to sort of backtrack a bit, um, I... Um, when I came here and um, I sort of got involved in a number of community initiatives, mostly around marginalized people, vulnerable people in Peterborough, and I was contemplating doing some volunteer work for the John Howard Society, Um, and we were going back and forth as to what I might do, and then I came up with the idea of starting a worker co-op for formerly incarcerated people. That idea sort of morphed over time, both in terms of the structure, um, moving away from the idea of a worker co-op to more of a traditional social enterprise. Um, and the enterprise ideas continued to change until um, I... Um, hit upon the idea of mattress recycling. And um, Clean Slate Enterprises uh, was incorporated at the end of April of 2019 as a federal not-for-profit, mainly for the purposes of incubating and supporting social enterprise, but also really to sort of um, continue to get the word out in in terms of social innovation. increasing awareness around issues relating to solutions to social, economic, environmental, and cultural problems, essentially. Um, And um, so Clean Slate was founded for those purposes. Um, We had formed a joint venture agreement with an Edmonton not-for-profit by the name of Redemptive Developments. Redemptive has been doing the mattress recycling for the city of Edmonton for the last seven years. And uh, I met um, over the phone uh, the CEO, and we spoke at some length um, and um, had several discussions thereafter. And we were moving along in our goal of establishing uh, the mattress recycling operation here in Peterborough, essentially until COVID hit, and that's COVID has kind of uh, stalled our plans, if you like. They're kind of on hold until the new year, but mattress recycling is still very much within our intentions moving forward, but we've pivoted from that, and we can talk about that. Okay, so the name... How did you come up with the Clean name? Slate. Yes. Well, it's interesting because at the time that we came up with the name of Clean Slate, uh, we were looking at a, another enterprise, which was a wholesale coffee operation. And I was sitting around um, with um, a representative of a foundation that had funded my efforts for a couple years to sort of um, look at forming a social enterprise and we we're trying to come up with a name and um, the idea of clean slate uh, both in terms of uh, really at the time I guess it was mostly focused on creating the image of what we were intending to do which was really providing 
people with a, an opportunity to start again or restart their lives. And so the name Clean Slate uh, hit me um, as we were sitting and, and chatting about it. But then, of course, um, uh, the idea uh, or the name became even more impactful when you're talking about something that had some environmental uh, aspect to it, like mattress recycling, clean slates. Um, basically, you take an old mattress, you recycle it, and, and now it it's, has repurpose, um, repurposing value and um, doesn't simply land up in a in the landfill. So uh, that's the origin of the name. It was one of those things that just sort of, as we were brainstorming, came to mind. Now, when I talked to you previously, you had a unique situation that happened to you that ended mm -hmm. uh, you in terms of incarceration. Yeah. You seem very open to talk about that. Yeah, quite open. I've not made a secret of it at all. I think it's part of my story. And, you know, also, when one comes out of jail and one reckons with what one's done, at least what I did in any event, I recognize that it's part of the process of demonstrating uh, rehabilitation and reintegrating openness, I think, uh, is very important. And so, yes, I did time. I did time for something that I will always regret. Um, but during the 32 months that I spent in jail, I had lots of time to reflect on my life and some bad decisions that I had made and recognize that... Um, in the remaining years that I had, I wanted to make sure that my life uh, looked a lot different and that, in fact, I was giving back and really demonstrating for myself that my life could still have purpose and meaning, and which basically took me to this discussion at the time with the John Lloyd Society about volunteering and wanting to do something that both gave back to the community and, quite frankly, gave me a sense of purpose and meaning. And so uh, that's basically explained, I guess, my commitment to doing this kind of work. Well, it's uh, very open, uh, Ralph, and I appreciate you making that uh, comment and committing to what you're doing. So tell me a little more about, do you have a team and... and what exactly does the team yeah. do? Well, uh, so um, we, I, I have a board of directors. Actually, it's been, a, we have our first annual general meeting of membership next week. Um, and so our immediate team is consisted of a board of three individuals. Um, but we've, it, um, expanded that, um, and our next board of directors will have four or five members. Um, and it's that group that has sort of been at the core of moving things forward. Um, a number of community members from a variety of backgrounds and bringing different expertise and, and gifts to, to what we do. But beyond that, um, 
there's the community at large and a number of people that have uh, continued to support us in different ways, um, whether it's formal collaborations that we've entered into with various organizations to provide um, uh, sort of life skills training and wraparound support for individuals that we would bring into the enterprise. To individuals who have lent their time and skill to um, things we're doing, including um, sort of a small group of people that got together from the community uh, at the outset of COVID as we recognized, or at least as I recognized, that our efforts to, to start the mattress recycling operation were likely going to be stalled by COVID put this group together to start looking at what other enterprises we might consider. And so we spent some time vetting a couple of enterprise ideas <coughs> and came up, excuse me, with an idea of uh, basically trying to um, set up an operation, a staffing, temporary staffing agency as a social enterprise akin to Ember Staffing Solutions in East Vancouver, and you and your, um, perhaps some of your followers and people who listen to this program may be familiar with Embers. Embers started in East Vancouver 17 years ago, and as an alternative to the for-profit uh, temp agencies that really are rather... Um, um, shall we say they don't treat their employees particularly well, they're exploitative. Um, and uh, so Embers has started up and for a number of years um, had some difficulties in terms of their sustainability, but over the last number of years, largely as a result of being able to partner with some uh, employers in, in the Vancouver area, now run a fairly quite successful operation. And so we looked at embers, we looked at some of the other reports that had been done, including the feasibility study that was done here four years ago to set up a like operation in Peterborough and it sort of surveyed the landscape in Peterborough and recommended that someone take up the venture. No one did. There's a report that was done by our social planning council, which is now defunct. So we we looked at that report. There's a report done on embers and some reports that were done on like American social enterprises. I spoke to the CEO of Embers, Marcia Nozick, on several occasions and we've continued to communicate with her and we're now um, seriously exploring setting up a that kind of operation. And moving forward, one of the next things we need to do is prepare a business plan and basically update the report, which was done, the feasibility study that was done. It's now four years old, so we're looking to update it um, and actually have a couple of um, Trent research projects with students, one of which is actually going to be doing that very thing, which is the student is going to be looking to update the information. Um, we've engaged with 
somebody around the business plan, and so we're moving forward on that. Excellent. So in terms of funding, one of the biggest challenges for social enterprises and nonprofits is the area of funding. How have you addressed that area? Well, in, as far as the mattress recycling operation, um, we uh, were quite excited because uh, Redemptive have a relationship with a social enterprise fund in Alberta, and uh, we're pretty confident um, that um, our endeavor here would be funded through that social enterprise fund. Uh, when we resume discussions, we'll have to look at that again, but that certainly was a, a leg up, um, so to speak. Um, we um, um, Funding this kind of operation for the staffing operation, uh, while the upfront startup costs are not uh, as much as a mattress recycling operation, we're highly aware of the fact that one of the big issues facing that kind of enterprise is the lag in time between when you pay out your employees and when the employers pay you back. And so you're carrying a large uh, accounts receivable. So we will have to have significant funding. Um, we've already begun discussions with some community partners, uh, potential employers who have expressed an interest in helping us get off the ground. Uh, so there may be funds there. <laughs> Excuse me. We've um, also uh, had beginnings of conversations with a couple of Fungate potentially about um, um, looking at that possibility. The small foundation, family foundation that funded uh, my research for a couple of years <laughs> had indicated that they might consider some help in startup funding. So all of these are opportunities which we're exploring. Okay, great. Now comes, uh, I just have two more questions and then I'll let you go. The first one has to do yep. with where do you see your organization three years from now? Um, well, in terms of the piece, in terms of incubating and supporting social enterprise, um, I see us continuing to do that work. Um, I believe that one or both of the two enterprises I've spoken about will be operating. operating. And we'll be looking... <coughs> Um, to pursue our other efforts as far as getting and supporting other enterprises. Um, but um, the other piece of our mandate, which is the, the, the public education, the continuing to increase awareness over the issues of social procurement um, and general sustainability issues in our community, I will continue to be a strong advocate for, you know, bringing in the new social economy that I know is something that you've written about and which others have as well. And I think we're 
at an interesting time in our uh, in our social evolution, where perhaps this is the time when there'll be some significant changes, and perhaps a, a new form of economy will emerge. I, I remain. At the same time that I have grave fears for a lot of people who are going to be further lost as a result of this pandemic and what it's doing to um, our economy, uh, at the same time I have this feeling, and when I'm feeling more positive, I have this sense that things will change, and things will change for the better because we simply can't go back to the way we were functioning before. And even our federal liberal government has made overtures about introducing social procurement to their to their spending. And there was some reference to it even in the last speech, um, which is a promising development and certainly will provide greater opportunities for uh, social ingenuity for social enterprises. So it's, a, it's an exciting time to be involved in this, in this uh, area. Ralph, in terms of uh, moving forward, what are a couple of things that uh, people could help you with? Um, well, um, Certainly getting, continuing to get the word out as far as um, looking to social enterprises and people who are engaged in social entrepreneurship, giving them opportunities to uh, flourish in what they're doing, consider using social enterprises and other innovative, uh, perhaps uh, entrepreneurs who aren't technically social enterprises using their services. Um, but, you know, certainly we would welcome people who are interested in joining uh, what we're doing and making contributions based upon their unique talents and gifts. Um, at the same time that um, we have Clean Slate Enterprises uh, running We've also started a new social economy network here called the Quarter Social Economy Network, which is basically focused at much the same things as, as Clean Slate is, but it's a broad alliance of people who are concerned about various aspects of our community's ability to be sustainable and, and inclusive. And when I say sustainable, I'm talking both from the social economic, but also an environmental perspective. So we certainly welcome people who share those concerns to become part of our social economy network to help spread the word, to continue to promote the ideas which I think will take us towards this new economy. Okay. So last uh, question. How do people get a hold of Clean Slate Enterprises? Well, uh, you can contact me um, through my email. Um, there will be a dedicated email. We're in the process of, of doing all that together with our social media, including um, a website which is going to be going up, but is yet to come up. 
but my email is Ralph Gutkin, G-U-T-K-I-N, and Ralph is a P-H, as in R-A-L-P-H, Gutkin, um, at gmail.com. And you're welcome to call me uh, on my personal line, 705-313-0361, and I'd be happy to talk to anybody. And uh, if you're interested in in becoming part of what we're doing, uh, very interested in engaging with people about that. Thank you, Ralph. Quite a story and quite a... An adventure going forward. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much.